Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Our WhatsApp number is 087 1400 You can send us an email to afternoon at newstalk.com or follow us on Twitter. It is indeed time for Movies and Booze. Fanula Jones, Gene Smullen, and Chris Wasser join us once again. Good afternoon to you all. Hello. Hi guys. Uh, let's start with Eugene. Uh, uh, what, Eugene? Uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, two white wines today? Two white wines today. Actually, great varieties that are not very mainstream. Semillon from Chile and then a white Rioja and Thrula said to me I didn't even know they made white Rioja so they yeah. see you live and learn on yeah, the show every not, week not, and there was something you wanted to plug yes Somet uh, if you want to know what a sommelier does Somet.ie there are consumer tickets on sale 8th of October in Waterford Check out the website and have a look. Okay, so this is like a sommelier fest. It's a sommelier fest. It's a three days. There's two days of trade and then one day of consumers. So the consumers can come meet sommeliers and literally see what they actually do, you know. Okay. And which is which is basically um, serve wine in a restaurant. <laughs> yes. But well, no, it's very, a bit more. That's you yes, wondering, play like it's, it's, yeah, I am, Sorry, excuse it, me. I didn't it, like it study actually, for five years to do that. It is actually a very yeah. It's a very demanding uh, job, and it's a huge qualification to have. And in Europe, it's a mega job. Here, perhaps maybe not so much. People don't really realise what sommeliers are, but mm. I mean, it is a wonderful profession, and people do you know make a make their life's work out of it. You yeah. know. And uh, the two movies today, Chris, are they both a bit, yeah? They're, they're both a bit, yeah, in different ways. Uh, yeah. One is a Ken Loach social realist drama. So that's oh, no, be... please. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a comedy, Sean. Melts into the floor. Yeah, I'd love to do heavy. like Ken Loach is the new Star Wars spin-off director. That would be like miserable robots. I want to see that film, I want to see that, yeah. That would be fun. Just having like an absolute, you know, existential crisis halfway through. Um, so yeah, so that's one, the old oak. Yeah, uh, and then the other one is "No One Will Save You," which is not so much an alien invasion flick, but an alien intruder flick. The twist being that this is the first one I've seen where there's no dialogue whatsoever. So good luck with clips, Sean. Okay, and when you say no, like, is it conducted with mime or? or uh, it's not conducted with mime, <laughs> but again, you've just like you're full of film ideas now. I would watch that. Yeah. That's that's an alien invasion <laughs> film I would watch. Uh, no, it's all about the sound design. It's all about. Uh, um, so it's kind of like a home invasion film. So it's all okay. about the creaks and cracks in the house and it's all about the score and the thuds and the bangs and the, the swoosh of the deploying saucers sure. um, very much you know an emphasis on, on, on sound it's just that you don't have any characters speaking to one another at all at all yeah oh is this a way around the writer's strike Again, <laughs> great idea. Um, yeah, that would be funny, wouldn't it? Let's have a romantic comedy a year from now where the characters don't actually speak to one yeah. another. Um, but no, this is, uh, I, do you know what, I, when I was watching, we'll get into it a little bit later, I was thinking, was this made during lockdown? Because mm. it kind of just focuses on one character and we are in a town with other characters at one stage, but everyone stays away from one another. And there is a sense that this might have been made when people genuinely couldn't talk to one another. Okay, so, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, but maybe you kind of want somebody to say something. Yeah, really. it gets to that, yeah, it gets to that stage. It's a little bit like sitting at a table and no one's saying anything about an hour in. You just start going, <clears throat> just to break the silence, <laughs> just to break the tension. Uh, yeah, so we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Okay, so now that the writer's strike is over and, and they've all said, uh, yeah, so like there are gazillions things shooting back into production then. Um, yeah, a couple of things. But obviously the actor strike is still ongoing, so it's still delaying some things. But yeah, uh, I know Paramount, one of the studios, they're looking to have their writers back in, fine-tuning script for scripts for this planned Star Trek reboot, which we were talking about 
off air yeah. there seems to be a lot of conflicting updates about this yeah I thought it, it wasn't like going ahead Paramount was saying yeah totally and everyone else involved in it saying no I no think, one told me yeah, about it I think Paramount really want it and some of the original teams so some of the screenwriters and stuff like that but in terms of the original well original in inverted commas because that Star Trek movie series in itself was a reboot but in terms of that cast they don't seem to be signed up like Chris Chris Pine yeah. Zachary Kinto they all don't seem to commit it yeah. I don't know if it's a money thing potentially possibly um, but uh, yeah. Also, though, technically it's not a reboot because it's it's a Star Trek set in a parallel universe Ooh. to the original Star Trek. Yeah. So there you, there you go. go. That's you can why re- I have you. Yeah. Star that's, Trek that's, 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 yeah, that's all you need to know. So it's <laughs> not a reboot. Parallel <laughs> universe, <laughs> easily. <laughs> parallel universe where there is no writer's strike Perfect. and Chris yeah. Evans will work Brilliant. for half nothing. Yeah. Um, they're also waiting on scripts for an adaptation of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Warner Brothers are waiting for scripts for Matt Reeves on the Batman sequel, which I am... Very excited about whenever we get that Robert Pattinson second outing as uh, Batman. Uh, then we have James Gunn's Superman. Scripts are finished on that, so they're hoping to bring in production in the spring once the actors hopefully come off strike. All depends. Um, and then Universal is also hoping they'll get a draft of, or a new draft of Fast X, which is obviously the, or part two, the sequel yeah. to the first one that came out this year with the mad cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Um, that's currently scheduled to come out April 4th, 2025. Um, but again, it's the actor strike that is still holding a lot of things up. To is be there going to be a, yeah, Clint Eastwood's ju- juror number two? So it, like he's got fair juice to him. I he's, assume he's directing this. Yeah, yeah. That man cannot be stopped. He's yeah. just two, you know. Yeah, yeah he's great. Unbelievable. Fair yeah. Juice. Remarkably, he really yeah. is. Yeah, I was. I was thought there was an interview with Michael Caine, and the headline was, "I worry about whether I'll make it to lunch." <laughs> <laughs> Clint's like, get me behind the camera. Um, yeah, so there's still scenes waiting to be shot for the likes of Journal number two, as you said, Deadpool 3, Beetlejuice 2, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2, um, Twisters, the Twister sequel. Oh, that's going to yeah. be starring Glenn oh, Powell and Daisy Edgar Jones. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be, that was only a week into production. Um, and they had to shut down with the writer's strike, or the actor strike, I should say, and the writer's strike. Um, but with this, I, because I, I think people aren't very familiar with the writer's strike, but maybe don't necessarily know why the actors are striking. Yeah. And to be honest, it's a lot of the same issues around residuals and royalties um, they are meeting SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP they're meeting again the start of next week to kind of continue talks so hopefully we'd get a resolution there yeah. soon I don't but know if they've you know if they've made a deal with the writers that would imply they're prepared to make a deal with the actors yes I think hopefully yeah I think so like yeah. we can't we there's we're getting into worrying reality TV territory you know what I mean like I would yeah, like to see yeah. I would like to see Gladiator 2 before I'm dead you know so let's yeah. <laughs> now but the actors though also had a concern like a legitimate concern about um, artificial intelligence and you know something you know, they record you saying a sentence oh, yeah, and then, then some computer you, yeah like, using yeah, you. we talked to, yeah, that they come in for a day and they do one day's of shooting and then yeah. it's just they use their likeness and their voice for whatever the other amount of days that they, so they're not actually physically there on set, but they're just using their likeness. But um, yeah, but I think it was, it's the streaming residuals and the royalties and the non, not non-payments, but the payment system being so different to what it would be in comparison to a broadcast TV show. I think that was mm. one of the main one of the main sticklers. Yeah. It is interesting though about the artificial intelligence thing that if uh, an a- they can rip off somebody's voice with an AI, mm. say you have one studio and then mm. another studio can rip off the voice from that AI with their a- AI and then can, is there like an AI 
copyright battle in court then mm. where robots are coming in going no <laughs> this is my voice yeah but um, the robots are fighting each other they should be right they're, they're, they're right to be annoyed by yeah, it that's another they, movie idea uh, imagine uh, if Ken Loach could there, direct there, that there yeah. but imagine if News Talk recorded the three of us talking here right now and instead of having real people on the show you had AI on next week and you had like AI opinions and people are assuming and that's everything. not the case now <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'd be so annoyed about it so it's not there's not I don't think yeah. there's a, that, that, that the actors should be criticised for complaining Oh, no, absolutely into, not. Yeah, no, yeah. they should no. definitely shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. I don't uh, want AI drinking my wine. Uh, Sorry. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Hands yeah. off my wine. Yeah. AI. <laughs> right, speaking of. Uh, speaking of. Robot okay. Jean. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> robot Jean, yeah. Um, Santa Rita, the number one selling wine brand on the Irish market. But this is something slightly different from them. This is only available in the independent off license. And in fact, this particular wine is one of the competitors in the Gold Star Awards. So um, it's been kind of judged as being one of the finalists. It's the Estate Reserve Semion. And it's 2017, so it's got a bit of age on it, right? You know, it's six years old. Um, now, Semion, this is a great variety people don't really know an awful lot of. It's native to Bordeaux. Actually, in the 1950s, it was the most widely planted grape in Chile, white grape in Chile. It's a, a, it's not a mainstream grape. Um, and it's used in Bordeaux to make the sweet wines of Barsac and Sauternes. It's also used in the blend of white Bordeaux. Um the thing about Semillon is that it, it tends to have, it's got lovely honeyed flavours and it's not an acidic grape variety. It's not like Sauvignon or Chenin Blanc or Albarino. It's, it's, it's got more kind of rounded flavours in it. Um, so Chile and Semillon, there's not a huge amount of it anymore, but um, this is a, 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 you know, a state reserve. This is like kind of premium stuff. And what I love about Semillon is when, when, when we were studying wine, they used to say uh, wet wool on the nose, you know, like like the, the damp gabardine coats that you used to wear in school um, hanging in the in the cloakroom. That kind of aroma mm. is, is what you could expect from it. Honeyed, um, definitely, I would say. Yeah, it wouldn't be attracted to a wine that no, smelled of that. No, not, some not, stinky not, fella not, is that beside in school. Most, you, know. you know, yeah, kind of, yeah, wonderful descriptive uh, notes to use. <laughs> but um, certainly you're getting lovely honey on the nose of this. And then when, when you try it, there isn't acidity, but it's gorgeous, like, you really, really evolved, developed kind of tropical fruits, melon. Oh, that's gorgeous. I mean, just taking a sip of it and it's absolutely lovely. This is not for everybody, but I think it's an absolutely lovely wine. It's thirteen fifty, which is absolutely stunning price. Mm-hmm. You'll only get it in the national, in, in Nofla outlets like McHugh's in Artane, Gibney's in Malahide, Jude Devine in Port Marnock, uh, Redmond's Aranala, uh, you know, Bradley's in Cork. Th- those sort of places are the people that, that are going to have this wine. But it's going to be, um, I, I reckon this is going to be one of the prize winners when the awards are announced on the 9th of October, the Nofla Gold Star Awards. And I think it's fabulous. I think it's great. Yeah. Bit of age, 13.50. Try it. Okay. Yeah. And what's the, uh, what's the ABV on that? Um, ABV is 13%. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Indeed. Uh, right. So, Chris, what movie would you like to talk about first? We'll have a bit of fun first. We'll go with no one will save you. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, a bit of fun first with Ken Loach. <laughs> Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk.
it's loud. Uh, that's uh, no one will save you. And uh, as uh, Chris Wasser was telling us earlier on, no dialogue whatsoever. Uh, right. So. What's the premise of this? And, and largely speaking, what's the plot? Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, I think it's Brian Duffield uh, basically asking himself and, and, you know, the people around them, how do we reinvent the alien intruder flick? And, mm. and the answer, of course, is to, is to try a little bit of silence, push what John Krasinski did on A Quiet Place into, you know, right into the corner and say, we're not going to have any dialogue whatsoever. Um, but the premise is quite smart. Uh, you have Caitlin uh, Dever, who was fantastic and dope sick, brilliant and book smart. Um, she she's usually great with comedy and 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 and, and drama. We've never seen her mm. in horror before or in sci- sci-fi. She is playing uh, this young woman named Brian Adams. Uh, she lives by herself. Her mum has died. Uh, she maybe sews dresses for a living. We're not quite sure. We don't really know why she's alone, but we know that something happened. And every time she ventures into this quaint neighboring town, and I should add as well, this film could be set now or it could be set fifty years ago. It doesn't really give you a sense okay. of what the timing is. Yeah. But every time she ventures in to town to pick up a few things or to post off a few parcels people give her the stink eye you know nobody she tries to wave at people she tries to initiate conversations they just walk away from her Mm. Um, she then spends her evenings kind of learning dance routines uh, building a little uh, model version of the town so you know she, she can at least kind of look at a place that you know where she used to be welcome because if she goes yeah. into real town she's not and she drinks copious amounts of wine and writes letters to a mysterious person so you're, you're telling yourself while you're watching this something's happened to this person yeah. Why, nobody wants anything to do with her but all of that will have to be pushed aside because there are press, more pressing matters at hand and that is that there is an extraterrestrial intruder in her house she wakes up one evening uh, she hears a noise downstairs. She thinks she's being broken into or she might think it's a bit of a cat. We don't know because she's not telling us. Um, but she sees these feet that are, uh, you know, just kind of walking. Uh, she's kind of peering out from the banisher. She sees these, these feet downstairs in the kitchen. They're not human. So there's definitely an alien. This is definitely a film about trauma. And maybe the aliens mean something else. Okay. And she has to try and get them out of the house. Right. Okay. D- d- it. Are we just seeing feet in terms of the oh, alien we every, or, yeah. no. or, or we no, know we, it's an alien? We eventually see everything. And I should add as well that we eventually leave the house too and it does bring on, the, in, 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 on other people. When we see the alien, we're very much in the league of, uh, remember those uh, um, fake, uh, some people will say they weren't fake, but you know those Roswell images of like the little, <laughs> not the little green men, but the little grey men with the gigantic heads. That's yeah. the sort of alien we're dealing with here. Okay. One of the more disappointing aspects of this film is the longer it goes on, the less thrilling it becomes and the more we see, the less scared we are. And when we see the monster in any film, it kind of takes away that. There, ter- yes, like there's, yeah. there's more terrible beforehand. So yeah, I think Brian Duffield does make the mistake of showing us too much. And also for a film that has no dialogue whatsoever and that's kind of billed as this silent sci-fi, it never shuts up. All of those noises <laughs> at first, in the first 20 minutes, half an hour, I was thinking to myself, I would love to have seen this on the big screen. Uh, it is beautiful to look at. It is so well performed and it sounds terrifying. After it's about 90, 90 odd minutes long, after about, you know, 60, 70 minutes, you do start to get a little bit exhausted. Um, mm. And it does go into places that require a bit more explanation than what we get. Um, I'm saying maybe it explains too much, but it just go, it goes absolutely bananas in the final third. And maybe that's a direct result of having to kind of do so much all the time because nobody's really talking. Um, but you can't fault its ambition. Uh, the performance, as I said, from Kate Endeavour is brilliant. Um, I had my phone kind of thinking, you know, kind of pointing out things to the screen, being very annoying, yeah. uh, and saying, oh, that's from Close Encounters. That's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. That's a little bit of science. Yeah. There's a little bit of Quiet Place, Aliens. It, it, if, if that sounds as though it's a little bit derivative, maybe it is. Maybe it's borrowing just ideas from other films. Um, but I do think the filmmakers onto something. And I do, I, I, would, I would rather take this sort of film that, you know, has a little bit of ambition, does take risks, mm. 
than just a straightforward sci-fi. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily take this one. Uh, we should uh, point out this is on Disney Plus. This yes. is uh, uh, streaming only. Now, how, how do we know that the uh, alien is some sort of threat to her, or that she needs to get the alien out of the house? Given that she hasn't talked to anybody in God knows how long, she might. You think she'd welcome a, a visitor? That's that's very true. You think she'd make a cup of tea, maybe, yeah. and have a bit of chat, but then that would ruin the whole idea behind the film. Uh, if something was running towards me and screaming like a cow, I think that's maybe a bit of a okay. Threat. Fair enough. Um, that's uh, that's <laughs> That sorts out that. Uh, there, I should add as well that the filmmaker Brian Duffield, um, he is uh, responsible for this really weird uh, romantic comedy that was actually quite entertaining a few years back, Spontaneous. It was about lovers who actually spontaneously combust. Um, very, 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 very strange premise. So this guy has original ideas. Okay. Um, but uh, he grew up in Ireland. Uh, his parents oh, really? are missionaries. They moved here. I think they moved to just outside of Newbridge when he was a kid. So he grew up here. And I think his parents still live here. So if Brian Duffield's parents are listening, uh, I'm not criticising the film too much. <laughs> Brilliant film. Work of absolute <laughs> genius. Yeah. And the, the 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 decision not to have any dialogue in it, yeah. is that just a stylistic thing? or Like in A Quiet Place, you couldn't talk. The characters That's, couldn't yeah. talk. I think it's just that it's, it's a film about grief. It's a film about trauma. I won't get into what exactly happened to Brian, but it's kind of one of those things where, okay, everything that's been said or everything that you could say about what's happened mm. to this person, and we do eventually find out what it is, yeah. has been said. And she's kind of living in silence and she's gotten used to the fact that no one wants to talk to her anymore. So that's maybe the idea behind it. But also, yeah, maybe it's a little bit gimmicky. Maybe there is that, maybe, you know, Brian Duffield went to see A, a Quiet Place and thought, I could push this even further. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it works to an extent. But I, I mentioned earlier, there are times where you are staring at the screen and going, <clears throat> uh, can someone just say something to someone else? Uh, but no, look, I enjoyed it. It did what it's supposed to. It's half a great sci-fi. Yeah. But given though that, uh, from what you said, the, yeah. the main character has a, a, a has a traumatic backstory. Yeah. So it must it require some inventiveness to be able to communicate that to the viewer, yes. given that you can't get anybody to tell what this is. Yeah, and that's why it's very lucky to have a performer of Caitlin Dever's caliber, because you, if you did not have someone who could convey that grief and trauma and, and, and horror and sadness uh, the way that Caitlin does, the film would just fall apart. Because an awful lot of this, when, when it gets into a very noisy, very messy kind of third act, an awful lot of it requires Caitlin kind of acting against maybe CG and things that are not there and, and you know, showing an awful mm. lot of horror from things that are might have might have happened in her past if you had a bad actor it wouldn't work so yeah very lucky to have her yeah okay fair enough uh, right, so, uh, Fanula, the Golden Globes have uh, introduced two new categories. For what? Two new categories, yeah. So one of them is kind of swinging for like the Marvels, you know, the movies that make essentially loads of chunks of change at the box office. So the right. first prize is Golden Globe for Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. And basically to be eligible... The title must have grossed at least $150 million during release and $100 million of that must have come from the States, from the domestic box office. So again, it's going to be one of those ones that like... It's a price for ticket sales. Yeah, essentially, yeah, which yeah. I kind of think <laughs> yeah. is a bit yeah. like... I, and now, I will say as well, streaming films will be considered as well, but they're only... they're It's based on data from recognised industry sources. I'm doing inverted commas here yeah. because they haven't said what that means and I don't know what that means. And again, with the writer strike and this whole discussion okay. around like are it's, the streaming figures even real who knows yeah. even, telling us. even if they're saying titles must have grossed at least 150 million dollars sure in 10 years time you know that might be uh, that might be a not a lot of money yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it might have to be a billion dollars yeah. in, in 10 years time but it is I feel like it's very much just a box checking exercise because the likes of and sorry I don't mean to keep using Marvel as an example but it probably is the best one because they mm. make lots of money and usually 
most of the time they are like good, but maybe they're not considered great or they would look out of place in like a best motion picture, like general yes, award. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the second new category, which I'm not as like against, is best performance in stand-up comedy on television. So that's obviously recognising the work of a comic in a stand-up special. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. which I think again, is good because you don't really see that recognised in any of these award shows no, at all. No, you don't, like, no, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so they can air on broadcast, uh, streaming or pay-per-view cable. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Someone says uh, Quest for Fire had no dialogue. That was years ago. Yeah. That's true. It didn't. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole no dialogue thing, it's nothing new, but no one no one likes to use it too much. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think in <laughs> Quest for Fire, it was like millions of years ago where they were actually inventing fire. Mm. Uh, you probably don't know this. No. no. There was a time when we humans didn't have fire. <gasps> Yeah. No way. Way. So oh they just all went grunt, grunt, fire. Ooh, <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so there's going to be a 13 going on 30 musical. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for this. So 13 going on 30, 2004 comedy, Jennifer Garner. She's 13 years old, hates her life as all 13 year olds do on her birthday. Is like, I wish I was 30. 30 flirty and thriving is the tagline. Um, and she wakes up and she's 30 years old. But of course, not not as all as it seems. Her life isn't really all it's cracked up to be. And she's mm. lost sight of what matters. That's the that's the generous synopsis. Um, but yeah, this is exciting. There's a good team behind it. It's the film's original writers are on board and also the music and lyrics is coming from Michael Wiener and Alan uh, Zachary who did High School Musical, the musical, the series uh, on Disney Plus. And then Andy Fickman is directing and he also directed the original stage, ad- stage adaptation of Heather's, the musical. So... Right. And when that account, it should be good. I don't know. Okay. And when's that supposed to come out? Or Uh, I don't have any word. No, we don't have any word on that yet. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Our uh, WhatsApp number is 087 1400 Fanula and Chris and Jean are still with us. Uh, we were talking about our first movie, uh, which is called No One Will Save You. There's no dialogue in it. And somebody says, La Antenna, an Argentine film from 2007, was more or less silent. It was about a world that has lost its voice, save for comic book style bubble words flying through the sky. Actually, you know, it sounds pretentious as hell, but it, it does, also yeah, sounds actually. kind of fun. <laughs> I, will, I will look into that. It does sound kind of fun. Uh, yeah. If we gave a prize uh, to the most pretentious text of the day, uh, we would give you that prize, but uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, we, we won't. Fanula, everyone's worried about Britney again? Yeah, but I don't know if there's really a need to... Well, now, my next sentence is automatically going to contradict that, but like she's posting a lot of videos of herself dancing with knives on Instagram, okay. right? That's not good. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, someone uh, carried, the authorities were called and they carried out a welfare check on her and she's come out since on Instagram and been like, I'm grand and her people have come out and said this is overblown, whatever. She's come out and essentially said that because Shakira was at the VMAs recently and she did a performance because she was getting some kind of, you know, the award they do where it's like you're the best, you're an icon, here you go. Mm. Um, she was doing she was doing a dance with knives. So Britney was just saying she was just replicating that. Okay. Which I... Look, I know, I know, I get why people are concerned about Britney and I guess you see a video of someone dancing with knives and you think that may be slightly concerning. Yeah, but especially she's, someone who's had some issues. Absolutely, you know. yeah. But I will say she, I think it just seems mad given the context of her life recently. Mm. But she's always been very uh, reverential towards Shakira. If you go back to even past interviews she's done, I think initially they really wanted to pit the two of them against each other, especially when Shakira was coming more into like 
English language music. Yeah. Um, but Britney kind of never took the bait for that. She was always very complimentary and always acknowledged space for the two of them. So I do think this is just her enjoying a bit of a dance, albeit a bit of a strange one, and kind of paying homage mm. to Shakira. I don't know. I just think it's yeah. a bit rich that it's we were all calling for you know... Her to be freed. And her to be freed. Yeah. And because she's being freed in a way that maybe we don't view as palatable or normal, in inverted commas, yeah. we're ringing the police on her again. And, you, you know, yeah. I'm just... I know, I know. But, like, has she released an old record or gone no, on a tour she hasn't, or any of that kind of stuff? The book, her book is coming out next month. She says she's putting the finishing touches to it, which I'm very intrigued by. Uh, it's a woman and me. I don't have the exact date, but it's definitely October. Um, very, very intrigued by that as to how much it will cover, what it won't cover, how much of it is her, how much of it isn't. Um, mm. So yeah, we'll see. Okay. Maybe it'll give a better insight into where she is right now. Uh, and on a, I suppose a related note, uh, Taylor Swift's uh, um, concert films coming out when? This is coming to cinemas, um, I think it's October 13th and I have tickets and they cost me 49 euros. Wow. Yeah. Now going with a friend, it wasn't 49 for each ticket yeah. and we're going in IMAX because I want to see everything. But yeah. yeah, so she initially, this was just a American release initially, but it's gone worldwide. Um, so if you didn't get tickets to the Aeros tour, which I didn't still, and I'm bitter about it and I am plugging here if anyone has tickets and they want to sell them to me. Um, I'm going to go see it in the cinema instead with a load of popcorn. The two, yeah. two tickets cost you 49 euro. Yeah. That's before a minstrel has met my lips. That is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, she should, is, I think you should name and shame that cinema. That is, is terrible. I do, should we name and shame Taylor Swift though? Because I think that's where yeah, that's the issue is. Yeah. The amount yeah. of people who have concert tickets who are, say, or who are saying online that they were like, I've just paid another X amount of euro to go see a concert that I'm already going to see, to go see it in cinema. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. Speaking of all of that, right, and uh, 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 concert films, uh, why aren't you reviewing Stop Making Sense? Arguably the greatest concert film of all time, which That's is reissued true. rather than this Ken Loach rubbish. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, A24 did not um, put on a press screening. Uh, did they not? No. I suppose I they mean, didn't I need seen, to. I have yeah. seen Stop Making Sense, yeah. um, but I've not seen the new remastered version. And I understand that it is, you know, that little bit prettier to look at and the sound yeah. is, has been upgraded too. Um I'll come back next week and do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but they haven't changed it, really. I don't I, think no, so. No, and no, why would no, you? No, yeah. It's just, it, look, you don't need an excuse to release what is, as, rightly, as you said, the greatest concert movie ever made. Um, but, uh, I, but I will go see it again. Yeah. Now, finally, you should go to that first before okay. you go to see our Taylor Swift and okay. say she's only copying them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you ask Fanula if she's going to sing the Taylor Swift song at the cinema? Have tickets too, and I don't know if I'm going to a gig or a movie session. Yeah, That's I was thinking about it, and now I'm like, is are people going to be like videoing it as well? I don't know. I feel like it's going to be such a strange cinema yes, going experience because you don't really know how to act when yeah. you're sitting down. Or, or yeah, they, you know what they should have because they used to have. Actually, I'm going back to stop making sense yeah. when it originally came out. They used to have have movies on at eleven o'clock at night. Mm. You would go from the pub to the cinema, yes. and then it felt more. You knew where you were. Then it was a gig. Yeah, it felt more like a gig than actually going to a cinema. Yeah, this no, is we're like, going at like seven down. p.m. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'll yeah. report back after I go and, and I'll let you know popcorn. if I sang or not. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, in the meantime, let's uh, find out did anyone win any money on the cash machine. Your chance to win big. News Talk's Cash Machine. Hey, this is Barry Dunn. It's this afternoon's Cash Machine call. And since Maria's big win on Monday, nobody's taken her call since. That means three rollovers, a huge sum of money on the line, and we would love for someone to win it right now. So if you've entered since Monday evening, check that phone. 
because if this is your number, you'll need to tell us today's winning total and you'll need to answer within five rings. One ring. Two rings. Three rings. Four rings. I think we may have just ruined somebody's weekend and honestly I don't feel good about that 60,531 euro and 49 cent sits in the cash machine over the weekend it's going to be another rollover for Monday and you are already in that next game if you've entered since last Monday 5pm but of course you will still need the correct cash total listen to the hard shoulder just after 5pm to hear that new cash amount and we could be calling you News Talks Cash Machine Right, there you go. Uh, you'll be getting uh, a new total uh, on the hard shoulder after uh, four o'clock. So let's have our, our second glass of wine, Jean. No, our second... Uh, um, we're going to Rioja in Spain and uh, for white Rioja. And this is the 2021 Campillo um, Blanco and it's barrel fermented. And literally, stick your... You know, your nose is in there. Vanilla. You smell vanilla? It is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's your... That's, Classic white um, Rioja. Um, Ireland is actually the 11th most important market for Rioja in the whole world, um, which is quite surprising because we've only five, just over 5 million people. We love wines from Rioja. Um, Rioja has, has gone through so much um, reinvention in recent times. They now make sparkling wines. They're not just about red aged, uh, you know, a, a, a red aged wine style. There's white wines, there's sparkling wines, there's sweet wines. You know, the, the whole region has completely reinvented itself. Um, this wine is made from two grapes, Viora, which is also known as Macabeo, which is a native Spanish grape, and Chardonnay, um, which is obviously uh, the, the great grape from Burgundy. Um, so they've blended the two together and what they do is they they the, they, they fermented the wine in a barrel and it's an aged white wine style. And that's what you're getting. The beautiful, beautiful vanilla aromas. And then when you taste it, it's got, again, that lovely kind of development. Um, those vanilla flavours come through, that spiciness. The wood age is very, very noticeable on the on on the palate. And you're also getting lovely melon fruit. This is 18 euro. You'll get it on Wine Online. You'll get it at Sweeney's in Fairview, Baggett Street Wines, Clontarf Wines, independent off-licenses. Um, again, like the Semillon, it's not a mainstream. It's 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 got a very different flavour profile. But did you like it? I like really like that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I must say. Delicious. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's... Nowadays, it's either Sauvignon, Sauvignon, more Sauvignon, <laughs> and even more Sauvignon, you know? So I think really we've got to start get, looking at other grape varieties and certainly looking at the Semillon from Chile... And this white Rioja, just, just as a point of difference, different flavour profile, but it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, uh, one texter says, Fanula, we're going to see the Eras Tour in movies at Dundrum after drinking in Pmax. Uh, that's like just down the road from here. Uh, we plan on standing, singing and even getting kicked out. Go for it, girl. Stunning. Thanks that for the support. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, someone else says, OMG, Stop Making Sense is the best. I saw it at the amphitheatre in Clock Jordan Echo Village. Don't mind your IMAX. <laughs> That's really where, where you want to go. Right, uh, let's move on to our second movie. It is The Old Oak. Here's a clip. My children will never see the temple in Tadmor, Balmera, built by the Romans and destroyed by the Islamic State. 
when you have half of your country in rubble and you see this. It makes me want to cry. What will Syria be like in a thousand years? How many years to cut the stones? To lift the weight? To imagine the light? How many brilliant minds? How much sweat? How many people working together? Such a beautiful place makes me want to hope again. Right, there you go. Uh, that's uh, The Old Oak, the first movie you wished had dialogue. This movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, social realism. Um, it's a very different, uh, different ballgame. This is from Ken Loach and Paul Laverty. It is is the, this his last movie? It is. He's been saying that for years, and I think he even said that before he started working with Paul Laverty, before he made out Daniel Blake and Sorry We Missed You. Um, but he's 87, and he has been talking about the fact that he, you know, he he might have to slow down and also hmm. his wife is 84 and he thinks that if he was to work on another film he'd be out for another year and he's kind of at a stage in his life though where he's like oh, no, I want to enjoy the, the, the time I have hmm. um, saying that I kind of hope you know I'm you know it's, we are joking about the, the, the fact that these films like you, you do come out and it is a bit of a downer watching a Ken Loach yes. film um, but they're also you know they're necessary stories they're important ones and they're very well told well yes but it, 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 could one argue that Ken Loach essentially makes the same film over and over again and if a story is supposed to also surprise you and kind of you know twist your point of view you can totally predict what Ken Loach is going to do this is true yeah I mean politically like you're never going to be surprised by a yeah. Ken Loach film uh, story wise uh, before the Paul Laverty films yeah there were surprises but this is part of an unofficial trilogy set in the northeast of England so the first part is like Daniel Blake second part is Sorry We Missed You and this The Old Oak uh, follows another uh, um, uh, older gentleman from the northeast who befriends uh, a younger woman the same as what we kind of saw in like Daniel Blake which uh, by the way came up in the news this week because Leo Varadkar was talking about how he'd seen I, Daniel Blake and said that okay. he found it a little bit one-sided. I, I was watching that clip and thinking it's a little bit like... <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, I, Daniel Blake, by the way, is about a man who loses his job and uh, hurts his back, and but he can't apply for Dole because he has to show that he's employed, but he also yeah. can't get work because he's hurt his back. So he's yeah. caught in this bureaucratic nightmare. Mm. So to come away from I, Daniel Blake and, th- and think it's one-sided is a bit like watching Die Hard and thinking that Alan Rickman's terrorist is misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just preposterous but anyway moving on to the old oak uh, we follow this chap named TJ Ballantyne who's a pub landlord in Durham uh, this unnamed uh, 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 mining villager it used to be a thriving mining community that you know 30 years after 30, 40 years after after the strike it's a little dilapidated you know all the businesses have closed the old oak is, is just barely hanging in there and an awful lot of the locals are uh, you know they're, they're at their wits end um, also because of neoliberalism and the fact that you know an awful lot of the, the cottages and the houses have kind of been sold off for nothing. So people's mm. homes don't you know, have any value whatsoever anymore. So everyone is so angry that when uh, a busload of uh, Syrian refugees arrive, it's kind of like they just take their anger out on them. You know, Some of the people might have been angry at them anyway, but everyone's mm. just taking their anger out on them. Um, but TJ is a good egg and he uh, spots one of the refugees who's an amateur photographer. Her name is Yara and he befriends her and he is encouraged by uh, Yara because he's had a bit of a weird place in his life. You know, he's quite depressed. Um, he's divorced. His son is not talking to him. She encourages him to open up this... Um, 
kitchen in the back room of this, you know, this abandoned back room in the old oak and to kind of, you know, ha- open this place where the locals and the Syrians can eat together. The idea being that if you break bread together, you'll always stick together. Mm. So he does that. But unfortunately, then you have some of the racist locals um, who, you know, are just kind of, they, they've completely turned on TJ. They wanted to use this room to kind of air their, you know, negative views about what's happening to mm. their town. And he wouldn't let them. And the fact that he's letting, you know, the, the, the Syrians come in and use the room, it, it does create a bit of a heated divide and poor TJ ends up in the middle of it. Yeah, okay. Now, say in his depiction, because if, if you were to say, all right, okay, you, you could perhaps have a story arc where the person who starts out as a, a racist, and I'm putting that in inverted commas, yeah. he was just angry and looking for a target. Um, then perhaps there's an arc of understanding towards, you know, the Syrian who also has every reason to be angry too. Yeah. But does Ken Loach kind of tend to leave people to a certain extent in their boxes? Not really. Um, there are a few tidy, uh, you, the, 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 the screenplay is a little too tidy in parts, you know, yeah. and it does kind of scramble in its final act to kind of tie things up. But you can't tie up a story that's, you know, that's, you know, in the real world is ongoing. Um, but I thought that one of the things that the film was very good at doing is showing that people who have just been pushed and pushed and pushed and then have nothing to do you know, with their days and their evenings and they end up online and they end up drinking a little bit too much and they end up going down these rabbit holes online mm. where they're getting their news from all the wrong places and they get a little bit stuck in the mud and they decide to stay there. The film is very good at showing that that can happen to people that you wouldn't expect it to happen yes, to. Yes, yeah. Um, and then it also is very good at showing that there is a way out of that. Uh, so you do have, you know, the rotten racist in the corner of the old oak, but you've also got people that just got stuck. And that just listened to, you know, those loud voices going on and on and on and eventually thought, oh, well, the voices, if the, you know, if the loudest voice, if, if that's the loudest voice in the room, then it must be, you know, it must mean something. Yeah. Um, so it is very good at doing that. It's very good, though, at just telling this simple story of a man trying to do something good in his community. It does get a little bit too, sent- it does turn into a bit too much of a sentimental mel- melodrama towards the end. As I said, there is that rush to kind of tie things up. And sometimes the uh, Ken Loach employs non-professional uh, actors to do an awful lot of the heavy lifting around the mm. around the margins that gets a little bit you know there are there are a few scenes where i was thinking to myself oh, i would like for them to have done that again maybe mm. uh, and also there's a bit of an overbearing score i know it sounds as though i'm piling on it uh but dave turned around in front very good again it's it's beautifully shot uh it's an important story and it's one that just it held on to me like the, for, for for the entire time so i i don't think his films all look and sound the same but it does it does kind of fit into that I, Daniel Blake, you know, sorry, yes, we missed you yeah. category. And I would love to, you know, I would love to actually see those just do maybe one more after this. Yeah. And this is in cinemas though. This is in cinemas from today. Yeah. yeah. So support uh, Ken Loach on the big screen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the, the trailer's come out for Argyle. What, what's that? Yes, it's from uh, director Matthew Vaughan who did uh, Kingsman. But I suppose what's interesting about this is when it was announced, I think September last year, um, it was billed as this like Henry Cavill spy thriller from this author called uh, Ellie Conway. But when people went to look into who Ellie Conway was and what this movie was based on, they couldn't find like anything beyond like a one pager on Penguin or whoever the publishing house was. But as it turns out, it's very meta altogether. Um, So the trailer opens and it's like your typical spy movie and Henry Cavill's looking there looking very sharp, great spy hair. Um, But it actually (laughs) reveals that it's a novel being written in the movie by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is playing Ellie Conway. So um, it's Dua Lipa's as well, kind of first Ooh. significant acting role not to undermine her work in Barbie which was great but she t- she had two lines in a terrible wig um, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if she actually 
can act based on this. Right. Okay. And and you know the way you're going to see the Taylor Swift movie. Like, have you bought the ticket? You've paid oh, for the I've tickets. Paid for the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently the Stella are doing nighttime viewings of the Taylor Swift movie. Well, sure. Uh, and they get booze there as well. <sighs> Not for ju- free, obviously, but you know. Maybe I'll just go again. Yeah, and that would be a later night. Yeah, yeah more of a good time then. Yeah. You probably will go again anyway. Yeah. It's going to be one of those multiple. So, like, I gave out about her, but I'm lining her pockets and I will continue Aren't to do just, so. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you just? Yeah. Aren't you just? Lining her pockets. Uh, Fanula, Jean and Chris, thank you all uh, very much. Movies and booze on Moncrief. On News Talk.